Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Welcome to our program this morning. We're glad to be a, a part of your life as we share different things from the Bible. And we do want to open our lines up today so that if you want to call and share with us, you can do so. So uh, the number is 888-463-6748. And you can call and talk to me and and we'll talk together. But the thing that I want to talk about this morning is the need of the church to take its place where it ought to be in society rather than sitting back and and being beat up or being beat down or or um, even joining uh, people we shouldn't join. We, we need today to have a church that is uh, radiant for God and that that loves the Lord and that people can trust that that what we tell them is the truth and we're not standing up in our pulpits or teaching things that shouldn't be taught that that people can't put their feet on and and can't uh, stand on in times of problems and difficulties. The church really needs to stand up in these days and if we don't believe that, I think that we need to look at what's happening in the world that would give us a very good reason to do what I'm telling us this morning is to church get out there and do what God has called us to do. And if you'll do that, it'll make a big difference in our society and in your life and in the lives of those around you. There are so many hurting people out there today because the church is not doing what it should be doing. So let's take a look at some things that will indicate to us just how much we really need to have the church to get out there and be the church. You know, the church is to be the pillar and the ground of the truth. The church is to go out there and be the salt and the light of the earth. And if we're not doing that, then we are failing. Regardless of how big our buildings are, how good our theology may be, or whatever, if we're not out there where people are at and getting out there loving people and expressing God's love to them through our actions and through our attitudes, then we are failing our generation. So what are some of the things that are happening that would indicate to us that now is the time for the church to wake up and to get up and get out there and do the work that God has called us to do. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that in the last days we'll have perilous times. And don't we have perilous times today? Every time when we hear the news it's something seems to be a little worse than before and so we definitely have perilous times and those perilous times are indicated by the next verses that we'll be looking at it says that 
men are lovers of their own selves. Have we ever been in a time any worse when this is the case? Says they're covetous. They're boasters. They're proud. They're blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Without natural affection. That's a big one today. When we call evil good and good evil and, and we talk about love in a way that that is nothing but lust or even perverted. Uh, there's no, apparently no natural affections when we can have our babies murdered by the millions like we have in, and we can call it what we want to, but uh, that's what it is. Because at conception, we become people. So, and says they're truce breakers. False accusers, incontinent, furious, despisers of those that are good. Have you ever seen a time like that? Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And maybe that's the reason why so many of our churches are dwindling in attendance. It's because of these things that are happening. The other thing is the Bible does talk about a great falling away when the real message of Christ will be substituted for something else. And we have that today. It says that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And then the next thing is turn away from these things. Those are not the kind of things that Christians and the church should be involved in. The church should be the most loving institution in the community. We should be meeting people's needs. From the very beginning, they were taking care of orphans and widows. They were taking care of people who couldn't take care of themselves. Jesus tells us that we should do things for people, not expecting them to return our favor, but just because that that's what is in our heart to do is to go out and help other people any way that we can. But that's not all. That's just one side of it. If all we do is have what I refer to and a lot of other people refer to as the social gospel, then that's really not what we need either. We need people to get to God. We need to help people to get to Him in a way that they have a personal relationship with him. That's what makes a difference in people's life. We can go out and feed the hungry. We can clothe the naked. We can go out and visit widows and orphans and visit the sick and, and those that are in prison for their faith in the Lord Jesus and all of these things. And yet if we have not got people to the Lord in the way that He they need to be, then all we're doing is just doing the social side of it. But the real problem is not just the social part. The social part is an indication of what's going on in the general society that is falling apart. And there are more people on food stamps in our country than probably there ever has been. And more people on employment than has been for a long time and 
And whatever we say, there's a lot of people in my community and there's a lot of people in your community that are hurting today. And the church has the answer. The church has more than just a bandage to put on people. The church has the real answer for people's hearts cry. They, people need more than just food and clothing. They need to know that they're right with God. Many people don't even realize they can be right with God, or they think they are when they're not. And so we need a clear message that can only come from the church. The government can feed people. The government can clothe people. The government could make our schools safer, perhaps, and all of these kind of things that the church should be doing that isn't doing as effectively as it should be either. But the reason why that we're not is because we don't have the heart for it. We don't really have the compassion for people that we should have. We go to our churches, we walk in our churches, and we walk out the same way we came in. We do that week after week month after month, year after year, until we get used to it, and we see people in need all around us, and we do nothing about it because it isn't our problem, so why should we worry about it and attitudes like that? This is not the way that the church ought to be going. If we're not stirring up certain people, if everyone is thinking well of us and talking well of us, the Bible tells us that that's the indication of a false prophet, that that's the indication of just going along. Christians do not just go along with the flow. We have a message that we can give people that can do something for them that nothing else can. We have the Lord Jesus Christ to present to them. It's Wonderful to know that there is an answer to all these things that I read about. And people really can have the joy of the Lord in their heart. They really can have a peace that Jesus gives. They can have love that's shed abroad in their heart by the Holy Spirit. They can have a gentle spirit. They can be reaching out to others rather than just being selfish. They do keep their promises. They do follow what through what they say and are just the opposite of what I read to you just a while ago. That's the kind of thing that we need today, more than ever. And church, wake up, get up, get out there, and let God be God in your life. And let God, through you, reach out to people that really need you. They really do. You know, and the thing also is that when we reach out with love, like God wants us to, no one's going to be telling us to shut up. Everyone knows that that's what we need. And they would be excited if they saw the church really wake up. We're up on our first break. And so we're going to take our first break. This is Howard Eugene Wright, Rivers of Living Water host at TalkZone.com. 
Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. Thanks for joining us for our program today, and I trust that what I'm saying will kind of stir you up a little bit and help you to realize the responsibility you have if you're in the church or if you're discouraged because of the way the church is going, I want you to know that there is hope. There always is hope in the Lord Jesus. So I want you to uh, think about calling me. So the the number is 888-463-6748. If you have something to say today uh, along this line or, or want to talk to us about some problem or difficulty you have or whatever, just give us a call and we'll uh, talk to you. And But, you know, Jesus laid down some standards for his people to follow. And we don't get our standards from the world or from the newspaper, from the magazine or from the latest fad or something like that. We, we get our standard or we, we get our directions from the Lord himself. And he's given us directions in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And we call this the Sermon on the Mount. And so he's told us what we need to do. But Jesus not only told us what to do, he showed us what to do. When Jesus came to this earth and walked upon this earth, he modeled the example that we should be following. We shouldn't be following uh, someone that we think is is uh, real good or something like that. Even the best people make mistakes and problems sometimes, and we get disappointed. We need to have our eyes on Jesus because Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, and he's the captain of our salvation. And so we need to... Uh, get our directions from the Lord. So many times the problem with the church is that we get our directions from everything else. We conform to the world. And the Bible tells us not to conform to this world, but be transformed and let our minds be renewed as the Holy Spirit comes in and moves in our lives and, and changes some things that needs to be changed and put some things in there that needs to be put in there. And so let's just take a little bit of a look at at uh, some of the things that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. I think that uh, might be helpful to us. So he starts out with what we refer to as the Beatitudes, the, the blessing. God has a lot of blessings for it. And when we're talking about blessings, we're talking about good things. And so blessings are really people makes people happy. It gives them a reason for living. So God always starts out, he wants to bless us. He doesn't want to curse us. He wants us to be blessed. That's the reason Jesus came and died on a cross and and rose from the grave and sent it into heaven interceding for us right now. He wants us to be blessed. God doesn't want anyone to go to a devil's hell. And he doesn't get happy and rejoicing when it happens. He 
He wants everyone to have the very best in life, and he knows that the very best is what he tells us because that's the way he made it. So he starts out by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. So poor in spirit does not mean that we are rugged and this kind of a thing, but the poor in spirit is talking about that we know outside of the Lord there isn't an awful lot we can do. And so we realize that that, uh, without the Lord, without God, without Jesus, we can't do much. But he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It's not the proud and the haughty and the people who stand up and say, I've got everything I need and I don't want anything else and don't talk to me about that. And But it's the people who realize that outside of the Lord we're bankrupt. We don't have anything to give. And so if the church does not have God in its, its services and Naturally, people are going to come in and go out the same way they came in. It's going to be more of a social club than it's going to be a redemptive thing. And that should never happen. But we need to realize, outside of the Lord, the church cannot do anything. Jesus told us that. He said, without me, you can do nothing. And we've proven that time after time. And then the next thing it says is, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. The, the Lord does want to comfort us. He does want to bless us. And so those that are mourning, whatever you're mourning about today, the Lord does have comfort for you. And he wants to comfort you. So that's the, the second one. So what are you mourning about? What are you concerned about that's got you all bogged down? God knows about that. He knows all about you. And church, wake up. Realize that whatever it is that's got you concerned, whatever's got you worried about, whatever you're worrying about right now, just turn it over to the Lord and let him comfort you. There's no comfort like the comfort that God gives. The comfort that people give only goes so far. And thank the Lord for people who are willing to, try to comfort us. But the comfort that the Lord gives is much greater than that. And the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as the comforter. So, And we have a song that we sing, the comforter has come. So when the Lord is in our lives, we do have the comfort that we need. And there's plenty of things that we need to be comforted about today, isn't there? All around us, sickness and Things seem to be falling apart, finances and what have you. But there's nothing too big for God that he can't lift you out of it and comfort you in that time of mourning. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one that you dearly thought about. And and there's just so many things that can cause mourning. But the Bible does tell us that weeping may may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. That's the kind, you know, and it's not M-O-R-N that we're talking about here. We're talking about something different. But we may have a lot of weeping. It might seem to be rather dark. But God has comfort for us if we'll just let him. And then it says, blessed are the meek, 
for they shall inherit the earth. And so the Lord tells us that if we're meek, Jesus himself said, I am meek and lowly in heart, said, come to me and find rest. And we need rest today. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not mousiness. It's not letting everything go by and just kind of sit in the corner and keep blessed and never let anything bother us. And that's, that's not the kind of meekness, but it's the meekness that goes along with the first thing of the, of the poor in spirit. We're meek in that we are willing to yield ourselves to the Lord and let Him be God in our lives. And when we do that, then he tells us that we will inherit the earth. All good things will be come to us. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually everything is going to work out just fine. And then he says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If we want to do the things that are right, the things that are about that God wants us to do. If we honestly, earnestly are seeking, we're hungering and thirsting, our whole being is into it. We really want to do what God wants us to do. We want to do something that's going to help our society. We have the answer and we want to live the kind of life, a holy life, a life separated from the things that are causing difficulty and problems to people. And he says we'll be filled. We're filled with what we seek, what we hunger after. We're, so we need to be filled with God's Spirit that will enable us to live this holy life, to live, you know, the it talks about righteousness and true holiness in the Bible. So there's also a kind that isn't. But this is on the standards of what we were talking about last week of the Ten Commandments. Living that life of, of loving Jesus. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Those Ten Commandments are still available today. And that's what we determine as to whether we're being righteous or not, as to whether we're keeping those commandments, whether we're doing those commandments. And if we are, then we're righteous. Otherwise, we're not. If we're making it up as we go along, we may or may not get it right. But we need to just hunger and thirst after righteousness. And then it says, Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And the Lord wants us to be merciful, willing to forgive, willing to bear the, bury the hatchet and not leave the handle out, willing to forgive the worst things that happen to us. Because, you know, if we don't forgive those who have wronged us, and I see churches that things have happened in the churches. Divisions have come. And 10 years later, 20 years later, they're still groaning about that. They're still, uh, you know, they never have forgiven, forgiven it and forgotten it. And 
the Bible tells us to forget those things which are behind and press toward the mark are the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So we need to be forgiving, and that is part of being merciful, is being forgiving. And God is merciful to us, and Jesus just came right out and said, if you don't be forgiving other people, God won't forgive you either. And so we just need to be forgiving. When we're not forgiving, we hold these grudges inside. It does more harm to us than it does to anyone else. Causes us to have high blood pressure problems, all kinds of physical difficulties. We break down mentally, emotionally, and everything else. Our spiritual life is a wreck as well. So we need to be merciful. And if we are merciful, then it tell, the Bible tells us that we will obtain mercy, we'll receive mercy. We're up on a break again. This is really going fast this morning, isn't it? So my, I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and, and I'm the host of Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. We'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Are we getting down to where you're at today? Do you see what I'm talking about that can be a great blessing to you and more than that to others around you? As you bless others, you get the blessings back. The Bible tells us if we... It's more blessed to give than to receive. And if we're always in this mode of mind to say, give it to me and, and give it to me now and this kind of thing, we, we become very miserable because you just can't have everything all the time. And there, when we get one thing, we want it wears out and we want to get something else. And so what I'm talking about today is something that endures. Something that lasts. We need something that doesn't just come today and go tomorrow or maybe even before the day's over or maybe even before the hour's over. We need something we can stand on that we know tomorrow it's going to be there and the next day it's going to be there and throughout all eternity it's going to be there. That's what we need today more than anything else. And when we just think the truth is, is relevant, and my truth is as good as yours and things like that, then naturally we're disjointed from society and and we uh, just dig ourselves deeper and deeper in. So Jesus had his, our best interest in mind when he was talking about these, what we call Beatitudes. So the next one that we're going to talk about is in verse 8 of chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, and it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Sometimes people wonder, well, why can't I see God? Actually, God is everywhere. He's all around us, and he's just as close to us as a, uh, we've heard said a prayer away. You know, all we have to do is pray, and and God will hear us. And But when we come to him, we must realize that he is a, a wonderful, gracious God, and we need to come to him of a pure heart. 
and and uh, that pure heart is not an accident, and it isn't something that some people have and other people don't have. It's something we have to have from a source greater than ourselves, because like it or not, we were all born going our own way, wanting our own thing, and if that's not stopped by the Lord Himself, then we're not going to be pure in heart. We're going to have all kinds of impurities in there. And who's to talk about what's pure or not? I think God would be the one that would determine what is pure and what isn't pure. And purity of heart will lift us to a higher level. It'll lift people around us to a higher level. They'll see a difference in us because there'll be some things we don't go and do and there'll be some things that we do do. And the Bible talks about it like this, that the old man is crucified, the body of sin is destroyed, and we don't serve the things we used to serve. And we do uh, have a different attitude. And, and you know, I've seen this happen so many times. And what we would consider the worst people in the world have made a complete turnaround. And anyone can do this because it's not us. It's God that's working in us that does it. A pure heart is a heart that that the Bible refers to as as uh, us having a good conscience, having a strong abiding faith. It comes out of love that God has shed abroad in our heart that we're not going to do anything that's going to displease God, that's going to be a hindrance to other people in, in them enjoying life as well. But when we think that good is evil and evil is good, and we get all mixed up in our thinking because we really haven't considered God in the equation, then our heart becomes impure, when we were born into this world, we had an impure heart. And so we need to get it cleansed. We need to get it cleaned. And so God has made provision for that. And it's a blessing to know that our heart is pure, that we don't have any bitterness or jealousy or, or arrogance and all these things that I read to you a while ago. All those are gone. That's not a part of our life. And then in Galatians, we see a long list of works of the flesh, and those are not there anymore. And instead of that, we have love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering, and gentleness, all the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what we refer to as the rivers of living water that flows out from us. So what happens when our heart is pure is that everything that would keep those rivers of living water from flowing out from us is discarded, it's taken care of, it's destroyed. And in the place of that, we have the Holy Spirit that comes in and sheds God's love abroad in our heart. And so we're pure. We're not counterfeit. We're not hypocrites. A hypocrite was one that put on a mask and they were in plays, you know, and, and they put on a mask and looked like something that they weren't. And they played the part quite well sometimes. But then... When you looked under the mask, you found out really what was down there. And the Lord knows what's in our heart. We can put on a 
pretty good performance on the outside, and we can be good moral people and all of this kind of thing. But God knows what's down deep in our heart. And when things really get bad, it sometimes it comes out pretty bad, you know. And then the, the next blessing is blessed are the pure are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The children of God are peacemakers. Now, that doesn't mean that we go out and, and compromise. That's not making peace. That's tearing things in pieces. We're, we're talking about real peace here. We're, we're talking about, first of all, peace in our own hearts and lives that are Conscience isn't gnawing away at us all the time, or we're full of, of all kinds of things that are anything except peace, so we have to have peace with ourselves. But in order to have peace with ourselves, we're going to have to have peace with God and peace with our neighbors. And so he says, blessed are the peacemakers, those that are out making peace, those that are out telling people about God's love and helping them to get their lives straightened out. And there are people that God has called that are talking to us and helping us to help other people. And we need just to get out there and do it. And so church, get back to what God is talking to us about. Forget about all those other things that we've been tangled up in. You know, the the Bible is quite clear. It isn't complicated. Uh, the Bible tells us that even a fool can err, will not err in what God has to say. He makes it quite plain. And so a peacemaker is one that goes out and helps people to have peace with God, peace with their neighbors, peace with their own self. And when you get things right with God and you get things right with your neighbor, and that would include if you've done something to your neighbor that you shouldn't have done, you should go out and make restitution for that. You should try to make that right with your neighbor. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's closer than your neighbor. Maybe it's your family member. And you need to make peace with that. You need to, uh, maybe it was just rebellion or, or maybe... Maybe it's something that happened to you that should have never happened to you. And you've taken a bitter attitude toward that. Don't do that. And this has happened in the church. You know, the, the church is, is not something different. The church is in the world just like everyone else. And we have the same things everyone else does. But we need to keep the peace of God in our lives. And we need to shed that peace out to others. And so if we... If we make the peace, if we're a peacemaker, we see God. Maybe the reason we don't see God in our churches and in our homes and in our government and a number of other places is because we're not making the kind of peace that we should make. I'm not talking about surrendering to tyrants and and surrendering to every form of wickedness that's out there. That's not peace. That's allowing ourselves to be torn in pieces. But... I'm talking about a peace that Jesus gives, a peace that brings love and joy and all that fruit of the Spirit that I'm talking to you about. The peace that I have right now as I'm talking to you, 
I feel the peace of God right here, just now. So it's, you know, God wants us to have that kind of peace, not just a particular time, but all the time. He wants to be abiding with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so the next thing that we're looking at in um, our list here is verse 10. And it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are those that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. If you're getting persecuted, let's make sure it's for righteousness' sake. A lot of things we think is persecution isn't persecution at all. But, and, you know, it just might be that things are going wrong for us. Maybe it's a reason why they're going wrong. And, but if we're persecuted for righteousness sake, for what we're doing that's right, when we're doing the right thing, we get persecuted for it. When we're trying to help other people and they don't exactly understand what we're talking about and they get upset with us on it, and maybe they might raise up some false witnesses or whatever, and that's as old as the hills, you know. But it's, when we're persecuted for righteousness' sake, it says ours is the kingdom of heaven. And so if we're poor in spirit, ours is the kingdom of heaven. And if we're persecuted for righteousness' sake, then ours is the kingdom of heaven. And we're supposed to be praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, you know, that's the kind of attitude that we should be taking is doing what God wants us to do, being what God wants us to be, will bring persecution. And I believe we're coming upon a break again. And so I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and, and you're listening to TalkZone.com and um, at river and rivers of living water and so we'll see you a little later let's get back to rivers of living water on talkzone.com here's your host howard eugene wright now we're coming to the end of our program again and and we're thankful that you have come and I trust that if you are a member of a church or maybe not a lot of times uh, people are discouraged from what's going on in church and they've gotten out of the church and they're just kind of drifting along and wondering where to go I want to encourage you that this is your situation today maybe you need to start a home church maybe you need to get some of your people around in the community and uh, have a prayer meeting, have a Bible study with your neighbors and with some of those other people that have, that you consider have been driven out of the church because the church is what we refer to as going south. They've, they've uh, left their first love. They've, they've forgotten about what they ought to be doing. And they're, they're trying to get a big crowd and, and uh, trying to keep the finances up and and trying to maintain the organization. And and the church is more than an organization. The church is not just a building. And trying to keep 
the lights on and trying to keep the the everything going good there. We need to be more than an organizer if we're really going to be what God wants us to be as a church. We can organize a big organization and we can have the best kind of of a program that we think is is good anyway and all these things but if we have left God in some other place rather than what he ought to be and the Bible tells us that in the last days the last time there will be a great falling away a falling away from the true message of Christ and falling into all kinds of other things and preparing the way for the Antichrist spirit. And we have a lot of that today. The Antichrist spirit is a spirit that is away from Christ. It's another Christ. We have a lot of other Jesuses today rather than the one that I'm talking to you about. And so we need to just, uh, if we're finding that to be the case, and we're looking around trying to find a church, and it's hard to find one that really stands by the Bible. And I want you to know that there are people like that. There are churches like this today that are doing exactly what I'm telling you. That God has told us, matter of fact, Jesus told us, Jesus is God, but he said the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And if we're not his church, then anything will prevail against us. We wonder what happened to the church. Well, the, the church is, the real church is very much alive today, and I'm part of that. And there are a lot of others that are part of that. But, you know, the church in general needs to wake up. And we need to quit trying to just keep our numbers up and keep our finances up and keep our building looking nice and all of these kind of things. We need to do that naturally if we're going to have the kind of organization, but Let's don't get just tied up in the organization. There's more to it than just organizing. What are we organized for? We need to be organized, but what are we really organized for? Is it to present Jesus to, is it to present Jesus to people and to help them in their lives that way? Not just put a bandaid on them, but to really help them to know that there is a God that cares, that they can go and see any time. This is really what we need today, and I believe the world is waiting for this. There's some, naturally, that will persecute you, and the Bible tells us that all those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, one kind or another. And there's a lot of people in this world, and I don't know, you might be one of those, that's under terrible persecution today. Maybe you had to be in hiding, even to listen to this program. That's quite possible, seeing that this is going out worldwide. But, you know, um, God's the same. Jesus is able to help you, even if you are being persecuted. And so the, the next beatitude is, blessed are you, when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. You see, they false accused Jesus. They accused him of things that he wasn't guilty of. And then they accused 
Paul of things he wasn't guilty of. And Stephen, they stoned him, killed him. And all he was doing is just telling them the truth, but they couldn't handle that. And there are those out there that will persecute you, but I want you to know that they'll also respect you. No one respects anyone that turns traitor. And if we're not lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ today and helping people to make peace with God through the Lord Jesus, then we're a traitor. We've turned away from what God wants us to do. we become a Laodicean church that says, I have everything I need. I don't need anything else. Jesus is on the outside knocking on the door, wanting to come in. And there are so many places today that Jesus wants to come in and help us and lift us up out of the condition we're in. But there will be persecution. There will be those that will not appreciate what you're telling them, especially if we quote such scriptures as Acts 4.12 that says there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Or we quote a scripture like uh, John 14.6 where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. And we quote those kind of scriptures which are there. And there's also a scripture that says there's no other name. Uh, there's uh, no intercessor, that Jesus is the only intercessor between God and man. And so, you know, that really makes it easy. We don't have to go around sorting out, trying to find out which one's which. If we know there's only one, then that makes it a lot easier than trying to sort through all of them and trying to find out which one works and which one doesn't work. It can be very pragmatic, and it might work on one service, but we need to take all the service, all the surfaces. We need to take body, soul, and spirit in mind, not just uh, if our body is well or if our, our spirit may be well or whatever. We need to take the whole thing, don't we? So it says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So because they persecuted the prophets in the same way, everyone that's ever stood up for God has gone through some kind of persecution. The persecution may be, that guy's a little loony, I don't think I'll listen to him. You know, when the heart of the person is longing for the best in people's lives and he knows from his own experience and they just act like you don't exist. That can be a form of persecution. But we can also be physically persecuted. And we can be tongue-lashed and what have you. And there's a lot of that going on. But then the next thing that the Lord's talking to us about, after the Beatitudes, and I won't have an awful lot of time to go through these because we're coming pretty close to... Uh, the end of our program, but I want to give you something to think about as we're coming to the end of our program today. Um, and it's this. It's chapter 5, verse 13 of Matthew that we're talking about. It says, you're the salt of the earth. 
if the salt has lost its savor, it's not salty anymore. That makes sense, doesn't it? And But it's good for nothing. It's just throwing out and trodden under the foot of people. And if we're not salty, if we're not, you know, salty adds to the flavor, doesn't it? It also is a preservative. And so we need to be thinking about being the salt of the earth, being preserving some values that are important. And then we're supposed to be the light. In verse 14, we're supposed to be the light of the world. Are we really being the light and the salt that God wants us to be? That's a question that you're going to have to answer. I can't answer that for you. No one else can answer that for you. You need to ask yourself, am I really making a difference, a good difference in my community, my family, my church, everywhere I'm at? Do people know that I'm a Christian? Can they tell because of our love, because of my love that I have? Do they really know? And these are the things that we, you really need to ask yourself and be serious about it and come alive in Christ. It's going to take some praying, maybe take some confessing, maybe going over and asking people to forgive you. But most of all, make sure that you ask God to forgive you. It's going to take these things, but it's worth it because it can be the thing that will turn around the terrible problems that we're having in our society today. It's the only thing that can. We've gone beyond anything else. We can't patch it up. We can't make it new. We can't kind of just pass it by. We've got to look at this thing seriously and realize that we don't need a new invention. We need a new lease on life through the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to let go and let God have his wonderful way with us. We've come to the end of our program again. Seems like they go faster all the time. But isn't God good to us? God is not a long ways off. All you need to do is pray and let God have his way. This is the end of our program for this time. We'll see you next week, the Lord willing, same time, same place. So this is your host, Howard Eugene Wright, at Rivers of Living Water, talkzone.com.